Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I am in for Christopher Carter on the North Shore Drive today. We had some scheduling issues, but I'm excited to talk to Justin King, former Steelers, former Penn State cornerback, about the matchup against the Buffalo Bills. We're going to be talking about the, the Super Bowl chances of this team. Can they mimic the 05 Super Bowl team that made a run as the final seed in the playoffs to hoist the, the Lombardi Trophy, or, or is that maybe a little bit of a stretch? We're also going to talk to Justin about Joey Porter Jr., a guy he knows really well um, about the matchup against Stephon Diggs and how he's matured this season. Then we might get into those Mike Tomlin rumors from Adam Schefter earlier this week. Um, lots to talk about. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the North Shore Drive presented by Mike's Beer Bar. We're going to talk about them in a little bit here. Always appreciate them sponsoring the show. Um, I'm here with Justin King to talk all things Steelers. Justin, how are you? I'm good. How's everything going? It's going great. It's a busy week. A lot to talk about, Justin. I, I want to talk about what I set up at the top, the Steelers. Can they mimic that 2005 Super Bowl team? Um, I think I see some parallels. I don't know that I see a ton. Um, you had a banged up defense that season that I think held that that team back a little bit. Chris has talked a lot on this show about how Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt have only played two full games with each other this season and how that has maybe limited this defense from its possibly elite potential. Um, and the quarterback situation back then I think was more settled in, in the way that you know, Ben Roethlisberger had 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 a great rookie season, was pretty settled in, but he he battled some adversity as well in, in that 2005 season and then closed strong, kind of figured things out in those last four games to get into the playoffs. Um, do you see any connective tissue between this team and that team and, and its ability to maybe go on a, an extended run in this postseason? A little bit. There are some, consi- I mean, some similarities right just in terms of when they're getting hot in the season i know just probably about a month ago it seemed like everybody was writing them off uh pittsburgh fans stop stop watching the games and all those different things but when they got down to um this this moment where you see Pickens playing um good on the outside and then you got the quarterback making moves um, mason doing it what he needs to do i think there's a situation when you get into the nfl or into the playoffs it is a hot hand kind of wins the game. It's an emotional game. And when guys are clicking on all cylinders, especially at this time of the year, you talk about peaking at the right time of the year. I mean, football is a long season. And it looks like they're playing some of their best football. So I don't think it's too much of a stretch for them to make a run. We've seen it with the Eagles when they faced all the different um, injuries a few years ago and, uh, and won the Super Bowl. But it always seems to be teams that get hot in the playoffs have a chance to make a run. Justin, I've seen some comments from people kind of wishing that the Steelers had not won these last three games, had not slipped into the playoffs, to, <laughs> had gotten a higher draft pick. As a former player, a guy who's been in locker rooms, do you go into these playoffs thinking, we have a chance to do this? We're in the tournament. That's all that really matters. It's a new season that's starting now. Um, I think it's foolish to, to wish away playoff appearances. Do you do you look at this situation and say, hey, they have as good an opportunity as, as almost anyone? The Bills, I, I use this example, the Bills, if they had lost that game to Miami, they would be the seventh seed. Now they're the two seed. To me, that's just a demonstration of how close this AFC is. 
any given Sunday is not a, a saying just to say, right? It really means like these guys get an opportunity to play, live out their dreams. So if you get a chance to get into the dance and play in front of, I mean, the whole country, especially get a chance to win a Super Bowl for an organization like the Steelers. I mean, these guys are not thinking about draft picks and losing games. No, they want to play and get into the playoffs and make noise because, I mean, this is where it all, this is what all the work throughout the season leads up to. So I don't think anybody internally from a player standpoint is looking to get into the offseason or draft picks, but they're looking to make some more money and make a splash because when you make plays and do great things in the playoffs, that also extends your career as an NFL football player. Justin, the Steelers are 10-point underdogs last I checked. I think it might have, it's been between 9.5 and 10-point underdogs against Buffalo. I think Buffalo may, might be the best team in these AFC playoffs because they've gotten hot late in the season just to be in this position. Um, if the Steelers can get past them this week, you have the Ravens as the number one seed the following week. Then you have probably either Cleveland, Kansas City, or Miami in the AFC championship game. Do you look at this game as, as possibly the Steelers' toughest test? And if they can get past it, you know, you face a team you've beaten twice in the Ravens and, and you've beaten Cleveland once. You, you, Kansas City has had issues with their receivers. Does it feel like this? there's a real opportunity here if you can get past this game? I, I definitely do. It's interesting when you think about that in football because I think it's similar to boxing where they say styles make fights, right? And so, like, just because statistically different teams might be better or not, I think the Steelers match up pretty well with all the teams that are in their way or that they've played um, in the past. So it's a matter of just hitting on all cylinders. And I do think there's a, a good matchup that where they can get hot and win all these games and make a run for the Super Bowl. Why do you think that they, they match up well, particularly, I guess, against this team and Baltimore um, in the second round? Because it's a little harder to predict who we're going to see in the AFC Championship game if they got that far. But but at least those first two, what do you like about those matchups? Well, I mean, just the way that the Steelers have been playing football these last couple of weeks, if we put it in a vacuum and we, we talk about Joey Porter, just the outside um, from the receiver standpoint, or how Buffalo attacks a lot of different teams, it's a matter of just keeping them contained and making them make mistakes and then playing your type of football. With us making explosive plays on the offense and playing sound defense, like you said, we might we won't have um, uh, TJ Watt this weekend, but with the rest of the defense playing at a high level, I, I believe there's just matchups across the board. Like I, I believe the secondary matches up well with um, the Buffalo Bills receivers. I believe up, up front and the defense is good enough to stop the run. Like there's not, there's no glaring deficiencies against any of these teams that we're playing against in this playoff season. Looking ahead to that possible AFC title game. Um, if, there's four teams that they could face uh, Cleveland, Miami, KC, or Houston, who do you think they match up best against? They've obviously beaten Cleveland. They've obviously lost pretty badly to um, to Houston. So I think that probably is the, the the one number one matchup you'd probably like to see. Maybe the number four. What about those two teams in the middle, the Dolphins and the Chiefs? I mean, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. I mean, the, the Dolphins are extremely explosive. I mean, that's a team that I don't think matches up well with anybody when you put that type of speed out there. If they're hitting on all cylinders, but at the same time, there it's an opportunistic offense in the sense of there's chances for you to create turnovers. So, I mean, I think when it comes that down to the the Dolphins, it's a matter of keeping a a lid on on Tyreek Hill and making sure that there's no explosive plays. When you play with the Chiefs, I mean, they're they've also a high risk high reward team in the sense of like you have to take advantage of the opportunities to create turnovers and get up on them as well. And I think both teams haven't been playing their hottest football towards the end of the season. So like that's why I mean where it's like an emotional game. And when you're clicking on all cylinders, I tend to lean towards those teams at the end of the year. Justin, how hard is it to beat a team three times in a season if you do face Baltimore in the divisional round? Um, obviously it, it was a close game back at Acrisure Stadium. 
the, the Ravens made some pretty key mistakes that I probably should have won them that game. Um, but but they made the drops. The Steelers did what they needed to do to win that game. And then you, you see them last week with you know with their with their backups mostly in there. Um, it, it would be a, it would still be a pretty tall task, but but it's doable, right? It's extremely tough. It is doable, but it is extremely hard to beat a professional three times in a row in <laughs> one calendar year. That's just the the basis of it. You get to understand their tendencies and tendencies. You understand what the coaches like, the type of plays that they're playing against. Because at this point of the season, you're not bringing out anything new. Like there might be some wrinkles to what you do, but you are who you are, and it's a matter of just kind of playing playing straight up. So it's definitely difficult to beat a team three times in a row. Justin, I want to get your thoughts on Joey Porter Jr. on the other side of this break. Um, before we do, I just want to thank our sponsor for this episode of the North Shore Drive podcast, Mike's Beer Bar. Let me tell you about my favorite place to go in Pittsburgh, and that's Mike's Beer Bar in the North Shore. Whether you're in for the Steelers, Pirates, or Pit game, Mike's Beer Bar is right across the street from PNC Park and has the best selections of beers in town, as well as amazing food options. They have over 20 TVs, and you can catch all your NFL, college football, Pirates, Penguins, Riverhounds, and Premier League action right at Mike's. Come on in and try one of their five different, 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local beers, as well as their 80 different local craft beers available on tap. You can also get a flight and try out every option you can dream of. And trust me, you won't run out of favorites because I never do. And I'm always there. Try their steak on the stone and their awesome as an awesome meal where you can choose how you want your steak cooked with the heated stone right in front of you as you enjoy a night out in Pittsburgh. Come to Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix and experience the best part in Pittsburgh and tell them Chris sent you because that's who actually sent you. I'm just in for him. (laughs) We are back on the North Shore Drive podcast. I am here with Justin King, formerly of the Steelers, formerly of Penn State. Um, he knows all things defensive back play. He knows Joey Porter Jr. very well um, you know, from the, the Penn State ties. Uh, Justin, I had you on uh, probably a couple months ago now. We, we talked about the way Joey Porter had had matured this season. What have you seen from him late in the season that has encouraged you uh, that he's ready for the bright lights of the playoffs? I mean, I think not even what he's done at the end of the season, but I think the sustainability of how he's played throughout the entire season is in, in extremely impressive for a rookie cornerback because it's hard to get the feel of the game when you're getting worked in and you like earn a starting spot quarter of the year in and continue to play at a high level throughout. I mean, I, I saw some stats earlier. I mean, his, his pass uh, efficiency is pretty high. So, I mean, with that, I've been extremely pleased to see how he's been playing. I mean, he has a unique skill set with the length, short area quickness, being able to be extremely competitive and like the moment's not too big for him. I mean, this is a guy that's grown up on the South side. What is that being a coach and different things? And that really matters when you get to these situations because nothing seems too big. So when it comes down to his matchup with someone like Stefan Diggs, I really believe it's a favorable matchup for himself because he's not, he's not very, he's not deficient in an area where Stefan Diggs, I guess is prolific to an extent. I mean, he runs, Stefan Diggs runs, he runs great routes. He's with precision, but he's not very, he's not a, he has good speed, but he's not like an athletic freak at this point of his career. And I think the fact that Joey Porter is with a, a, the level of technique and the way he's been playing all year, his physicality and how he kind of rubs receivers, I think will lend well against Stephon Diggs in this next matchup. 
what do you think is is the key for him? What does he have to do well to to really get the most out of that matchup and and not just you know to to shut down Stephon Diggs the way he's shut down other guys this season? And, and what makes him different than maybe you know DK Metcalf we saw a couple of weeks ago? Well, DK, I mean, answer the first thing. What he needs to do is continue to play physical and be aggressive with someone like Stephon Diggs. He's not going to run past them. It's going to be hard to complete balls over his head because he has the size advantage. He has the athleticism advantage from that standpoint. I think the difference between like a Stephon Diggs and a DK Metcalf or a DK Metcalf is just a, a physical specimen, very not really precision oriented. And then on that time, he can match up with his size and play with them from an athletic standpoint. So I believe that even with Stefan Diggs, if he can continue to stay physical with them, play aggressive, I mean, he can get into his head. And, and Stefan Diggs and uh, um, Josh Allen aren't always on the same page, right? There's always some friction there throughout the season. So if he can continue to keep that under wraps, I feel like it's just the mentality in that which Joey plays with that it will lean into his favor. How does the game change, you know, in the playoffs? Obviously, the weather's often sometimes far from ideal, um, but especially in, in the secondary. Do, do, do you play any tighter? I mean, how does how does that change in the playoffs? I mean, I'm going to be honest. I never played in the playoffs. But to be honest, like, when we play in, like, meaningful games, there's a level of kind of letting your hair down and just playing. I mean, I don't think any DB, especially someone at Joey Porter's caliber, gets nervous in front of those big lights because this is what you're paid to do. Like, you kind of get off on the competitiveness of being one-on-one. And I'm sure Stefan Diggs is going to talk and get – um, with Joey and the way he's responded to some of the receivers throughout this season that have been, whether vocal or trash talkers, has been very favorable. So, I mean, again, I'm leaning my hat and I will push my coins in on Joey Porter this week's matchup. I want to talk about how the Steelers have kind of navigated these last few weeks within the secondary with all the injuries. And now you have Demonte KZ, you have Minka Fitzpatrick likely coming back this week. Um, what do you like about how Mike Tomlin has kind of managed that group to this point? And what is the challenge of integrating those guys back into the lineup, having not, you know, seen a lot of time lately and, and going right into a playoff game from, from nothing for this last month? Well, I mean, the way he's managed the entire team this whole season is, I think, something to be studied, right? When we talk about different injuries, the the ebbs and flows, I mean, there's some games that we saw the fundamentals of the Steelers have probably been putrid versus other games. And to come to the point where we're into the playoffs, I think Mike Tomlin is one of the best um, – I want to say motivators because, like, that's, 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 a, that's a cheap word – but being able to get the most out of his players and instilling confidence in his players to play and understanding where the expectations are, he does a great job with. So when guys do step in or they're shuffled around, they're expected to perform a certain way. I mean, the standard is the standard, and that's a real thing that permeates through that culture of that building and just the culture of the Steelers. So I think with that being said, I think that's what we'll see from these guys this week. And obviously if there's some, on discrepancies, I feel like they do a great job with instilling the confidence and putting players in the right position to make plays. What are your expectations for Minka Fitzpatrick if he is, is able to go in this game? Um, obviously, you're playing without T.J. Watt. We, we've sometimes seen with Minka that, that his role changes depending upon what personnel is and is not available. Um, do you think he can be a, a game changer in this game, especially knowing that Josh Allen is, is prone to throwing interceptions, second most interceptions in the NFL this season, only Sam Howell from Washington has thrown more. Is this the type of game where you'd expect Minka to make that that high impact, um, you know, if, if the plays are available to be made? 
Absolutely. I mean, with with the Buffalo Bills and their offense and kind of how dynamic, I mean, mixed bag that they kind of run with Josh Allen back there, someone like Minka Fitzpatrick is an X factor in a game like this. To be able to run around with the quarterback if that were to happen, be able to play uh, low zones, high zones, and different things from the passing game, affect the run game and different things of that nature. Like he's a pro, he's a he's a special type of defensive back, special from the standpoint of level of play, but the ability to play all the different positions on the field. And so having someone like him, I mean. I mean, that's a beyond the luxury. So I, I expect him to play at a high level on Saturday, Sunday. How much can you mitigate the 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 loss of TJ Watt by by running like these three safety packages that the the Steelers have become somewhat known for? Um, are they kind of disconnected things, or or can are there things that you can do to to mitigate? You can't replace TJ Watt, I don't think. Um, but but with with what the Steelers have at safety, all that depth there, what we've seen with Eric Rose stepping in. Um, you've got some good players. If you can get them on the field, are there things you can do? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's always hard and it's irreplaceable to have a guy like TJ Watt go down. I mean, he's again, he's a generational type of player. And with that, I mean, pass rush helps the secondary, but to be able to fill those in with different safeties that fill, whether it's like the zone blitz that on fire zone blitz, that's the still like the run, having an extra blitzer coming from the secondary with a little bit more speed creates some different opportunities, not only from just a cover standpoint, but from a pressure that sta- a pressure standpoint from sub packages or defensive backs to be able to get that speed on Josh Allen in a fat, as fast as possible. Right. Um, so with that, I, I mean, I think the Steelers really need just to be an opportunity, continue to be an opportunistic defense this weekend and some create some turnovers, but it, there is no replacing TJ Watt. Right. Like it's just but that's the the game of coaching. When you have different holes, you have to figure out creative ways to fill those up. We are still not exposed in the different areas. Is it sometimes a matter, though, of, of in, in one game, a one game format to, to advance in the postseason? Maybe you can throw some things at, at the Bills that they haven't seen on tape all season. And maybe that's not sustainable over a four, you know, to go win a Super Bowl. But to win this one game, can you maybe surprise them with a few things? I think you can. I mean, I think, I mean, especially again, like a guy like uh, a guy like Josh Allen, who's a high risk, high reward type of guy where he's going to believe in his abilities and you just got to get him to believe him a little bit too much to make those mistakes, whether you throw it on different things, disguising coverages, putting some pressure on his face and make it, will make a bad play, bad throws and, and take full advantage on when that does happen. So I definitely believe that that can be a possibility this weekend. Going to be interesting to watch all of that play out. We're going to do thank a couple more sponsors, have one more break, and then I want to get Justin's thoughts on these Mike Tomlin reports uh, that he might want to take some time off, might want to step away from the NFL. Um, some people in Steelers universe have already thrown cold water on that. I'm going to get Justin's opinion on the other side of this break first. I want to thank Savinas Kane and Gallucci, their mesothelioma and asbestos lures with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. Also want to thank GameTime.co. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Pittsburghers, you can see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra at PPG Paints Arena. Um, And that's the best place. The best place to get tickets for that is on GameTime. Download the app today and get your tickets. Um, Have you ever had had to buy tickets events? You weren't comfortable with how much you were paying because you weren't sure how good the seats were. That kind of stuff happens to me all the time when I'm trying to get tickets last minute. But when I see game time, there's never an issue. The game time app allows you to book tickets at the last minute if you didn't plan far out in advance. And the app lets you see the view from your seats so you can see all the prices, all the hidden fees, and let you buy the tickets with just a couple taps. Uh, If you're running behind in an event, game time will give you great deals up to an hour before the event has started. Get tickets to the next Steelers game, the next Pirates game, 
uh, your next Pitt or Penguins game, and even shows across town like the Pittsburgh Improv and the next comedy show. Um, and Game Time has the best price guarantee that can't be beat. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase. Go to their website, gametime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am Adam Bittner back with Justin King, uh, talking Steelers bills and and talking these Steelers rumors around Mike Tomlin. Uh, Adam Schefter basically reported uh, earlier in the week he thinks uh, Mike Tomlin might want to take some time away, maybe start a new challenge with a team like the Commanders or the Chargers were the couple that I mentioned. Um, Justin, what's your read on that? Is this maybe, have we gotten maybe to a uh, Bill Cowher situation where, um, you know, He's been around for a long time. I think Mike Tomlin's proven, you know, who he is as a coach. Um, do you see any veracity to these rumors? Because Cam Hayward certainly doesn't. He said on his podcast he thinks uh, that it's it's false news. Um, what, what's your read on that situation? Okay, I think there's two things. I, I, the standard and what I've been told or just kind of just formulating with different coaches and building organizations is it's about a 10-year run is like the max where you can get the sweet spot from an organization, a, a fan base, a city to support and understand what's going on. And as they say, like whether it's that whether it's a generational cycle or how people view everything going, so maybe it's like a 10-year rinse and repeat where it's like, all right, you get your 10 years and you move on. But Mike Tomlin has proven, I mean, over 17 seasons that that necessarily isn't the case. I feel that and it's, it, he should stay. I mean, I, I don't think there's any validity to him wanting to leave, but just within the coaching realm, I mean, when you have that type of success and you're always just constantly living amongst uh, criticism and a lack of appreciation for what you do, like that's a real thing that happens to like coaches. I'm a coach's kid. So like, I understand what it's like at the end of the games when you're winning or you're doing different things and you can still hear uh, other, like the naysayers and things of that nature. And not to say that criticism is it warranted at some areas of um, the season or throughout his career? But I do feel like he's, as a head coach in Pittsburgh, he's kind of been, um, I guess, a not, I guess, not appreciated enough to an extent. So, like, with that being said, I don't think he leaves. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised just based on the secular cycle of coaches, where it's like they say every ten years you should get a new opportunity to start building something else and see how your philosophy continues to shift from a, a personal individual coaching development cycle. But for coach Tomlin, no, I don't think he, I don't think he leaves, but I would definitely understand based on how sometimes this, the, the city has, I don't know, the energy that they send toward his way. I mean, cause the local media is different than the national media. Cause I think anywhere else outside just being in the coaching circles, he would be the number one guy, I think, the, f f on the street. If him and Bill Belichick were on the street next week, I think he would still be the number one guy. So, like, that's saying a lot. I mean, we hear the the things that happened with uh, Coach Rabel when he got released from Tennessee. He's the top coach, and you start to think, like, just because you leave an organization doesn't mean you're a top-tier coach. Sometimes it's just you want to have fertile ground to continue to build. And maybe that's just a point of his coaching uh, career that he wants to take a step and say like, Hey, I can do it outside of the Steelers. So, I mean, 
I'm saying a lot to say is I don't think he should leave. I hope he doesn't leave. I don't think he's going to leave. But if he were to leave, I think there's like validity in that as well. I think it's easier for me to envision him just walking away for a little bit and doing that, the taking time off thing. It's very hard for me to imagine him in another organization, especially a bad organization. Why, why does Mike Tomlin want to go to Washington? Like there's just, I, there doesn't appear to be any reason for, to me why he would, you know, want to take a, a step like that. Now, if there was a plum job available, um, you know, maybe the Patriots job opens up. Maybe he wants to go to an organization that's proven that you can win and get some stability there and, and kind of mimic, um, you know, what the, the Steelers have. But but some of these jobs, Justin, I, I wouldn't take if, if you offered them to me. <laughs> and that's fair, right? Because I, I think there is something to be said where like someone like Coach Tomlin who has, I mean, great auditor when he comes to speaking in front of the media, I mean, whether he goes into TV or if he were to leave the Steelers, I think if he were to sit around for two years and come back, he would be the hottest coach on the market because, I mean, he doesn't have any blemishes on his record. I mean, he's respected by all the players. He's respected by the execs. And he has evidence of impact for 17 years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 17 winning seasons, two Super Bowls. That's nothing to blink at. Sometimes you hear from the naysayers that, oh, it's because of the Steelers. So I can see sometimes if he's hearing that, that there's some internal uh, competitive competitiveness that was like, yeah, I want to try something else and climb a scale a new mountain. But in this business, I think he's in one of the best positions that you can be in, to be completely honest, because I think the Steelers are uh, a five-star organization when you think of the NFL. Justin, I want to ask you about playoff wins versus winning seasons. And and I think uh, a lot of people around town in the local media, a lot of fans want to evaluate Mike Tomlin in terms of playoff wins. And and I think a lot of people that are inside football, I, I think a Travis Kelsey last week was making comments about it, um, that that the 17 losing seasons or 17 winning seasons, excuse me, thing resonates a lot with, with guys in locker rooms um, and, and in the industry. Where, where do you think that disconnect is? between people on the outside of football and people on the inside of football and how they respect an achievement like 17 winning seasons. Winning is so hard. Winning in the NFL is so hard. Like that is the statement. That's why fans can't understand it. And especially, I mean, see it in college where it's like Alabama fan base, they're Nick Saban gets on them for being too spoiled. I think there's a little bit of that with the Pittsburgh Steelers and our fan base were expected to win all the time. 17 consecutive winning seasons is a, that is quite impressive because it each week, week to week, injuries, um, egos, all the different things that come with professional football to continue to put together 17 wins and 17 winning seasons. It's, it's remarkable because like as football players, we've all been on losing teams. And so like if someone played a 17 year career and never played on a losing team, you would think of them as being the ultimate winner. So regardless of what they did in the playoffs. So to have someone like, uh, Coach Tomlin lead the Steelers for 17 consecutive winning seasons is no easy feat. And I think there's just a lack of respect of how hard the game of football is to be successful at, right? And like I think that's where the disconnect happens with fans and players, whether it's player ratings, who the players think are the best player versus who the media thinks the best players versus the fans. It's because this is just a different perspective. And when you're in it, you understand even when you lose by two scores, like you watch the film, it's like, oh, this could have happened. That could have happened. And like the margin of error and victory is so thin that to be on the right side of victory more than um, more than your losses for 17 years, I mean, that's excellence. Regardless, before you, before you even get to the, get to the playoffs. Because the playoffs, I mean, 
anything can happen. The same reason that I'm saying that they can still win the Super Bowl this year is that when you get to the playoffs, you kind of throw the records out the window and it's a game to game type of situation. And sometimes, you, I mean, not sometimes, but talent shows up, players make big plays, people step up. And it's, you're talking about professional football players here. So when it comes down to that, it's hard to just judge based on like the playoffs when you're backing it up with 17 winning seasons, because like your job is to get to the dance and obviously finish and win a Super Bowl. But I mean, I think we just don't understand how hard it is to win football games in the NFL. Yeah, I think there's definitely a, a disconnect there. And um, Justin, in that context, what grade do you give uh, Mike Tomlin for this season? And how would that change if he was able to win a playoff game? This season, I would say B+. Plus. I would say if you want to give on a like grade scale, B+. Plus, and if they were to win some playoff games, I would bump it up to a, like an A-. minus. But I really think they're going to go deep into um, – deep into the playoffs and we'll see what happens. But like, even from having coaching changes, quarterback changes, and still finding yourself in the playoffs, if you give that same scenario that happened to the Steelers, to all other, other 31 teams, maybe, maybe four make it, maybe, maybe the rest of them will be in disarray and everyone will be fired. So like that, I think, I don't think people understand how hard that cliff is that falls off when things fall out of balance. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a brutal business. We've seen a lot of coaches let go this week. Uh, but Justin, I know you got to get out of here. So thank you for joining me. Lots of great insight. Um, everyone, I'll be back with Paul Zeiss on Thursday on the uh, Zeiss is Right video. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you like this video if you enjoyed it. Help us out in the YouTube, YouTube algorithm. And Chris will be back on the North Shore Drive on Friday. Um, so you can look forward to that. Justin, thanks for stopping by. I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.